0: Hello, it's Michelangelo Caruso. I'm here with one of the speaker greats, Joe Calloway. How are you, Joe?
1: Michael, I couldn't be better. Happy to be with you.
0: You're like so many of my speaker friends. You're multi-talented. You're also a very prolific author. You have seven books now, yeah?
1: Yeah, got seven. Last one came out, it's actually been close to a year ago, so I need to go back to work.
0: Well, I want to talk more about that, but before we do, I wanted to... Uh, talk a little bit about this, this, uh, this, this dual existence that a lot of us lead, that we're writing and speaking. Yeah. Uh, we were chatting just before we uh, pressed record today that so many speakers are really good with the oral language, but they're not so good at writing. Writing's an entirely different type of discipline. It, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's, it's a different kind of feedback where speaking is live and, and it feeds the ego very nicely as yeah. a delayed gratification. Is this your experience?
1: Yeah, very much. So I think it's, it's two different skill sets too. Uh, I mean, if, if you're a great speaker, obviously you, you've got a talent for expressing yourself and formulating and expressing ideas, but I'm telling you, putting it, putting it down on paper, on a computer, it's a different thing. And luckily for me, See, I consider myself primarily to be a writer. Even the speaking, I'm, I'm speaking about what I've written. So in my mind, I'm a writer. And then sometimes <laughs> I will get up in front of a group and talk about what I've written. But I love, as I told you earlier, I love the writing process. It's uh, sitting in a room by myself, dealing with the ideas. I get a kick out of it. I wonder
0: where the, where the balance lies, you know, there are so many speakers who become writers because they realize they can sell some books, Yeah. There are so many authors who become speakers when their book becomes a New York Times bestseller and they find exactly. an audience, but you can almost tell right away which, which one's the forehand and which one's the backhand, it's a pleasure to talk to a speaker <laughs> who is mostly a writer, it's, it's actually kind of a rare thing. Um, Tell us a little bit about how this works for you. How, what's the cycle? Uh, somebody told me one time that a book uh, birth cycle is about 18 months before you start looking
1: for, for another baby. How does it work for you? I think that's about right. I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I'm, I'm having a little bit longer stretch. It's funny. It, it has been a little while uh, since my last book came out, and of course, there was time before it came out when I actually wrote it. And so it's been, it's been coming up on a couple of years and people are starting to say, when are you going to write another book? And my answer is when I think of something to say, uh, there, there's a couple of ideas out there, but none's really gotten a hook in me yet. And, uh, and so I'm waiting for something to, to bite me, uh, that I can get excited about writing about.
0: I saw a great interview with Billy Joel the other day. It's on YouTube. People can find it. But I think he said this a lot. People say to him now, you know, he hasn't had a new album in over a decade, you know. Right. And he's probably done. He's probably retired from yep. pop music as, we, as, a, as an original artist. But everybody always still asks the same question. They still say to him, when's your new album coming out? And he says, I'm, I'm not doing one. And they say, well, why not? You know, it always follows with all this encouragement about how great he is, all the accolades, yeah. how easy it must be for him to do this. And his answer is yeah. really intriguing. His answer is, well, you know, you got to want to do it. And I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not inspired. There's no muse or whatever, you know.
1: I get that. I totally get that. Um, I, it, it's, it's hard for me. I'm not disciplined enough or or uh, uh, yeah, yeah. skilled enough or whatever, I'm certainly not inspired enough to write. An, an, I agree with them, unless I want to. Writing's hard. I mean, sitting in a room by yourself, trying to think of something to put on the page, if you're gonna write a good book, if you don't want it to just, you know, just to put some kind of crap out there, it's hard. You know, and it would, it wouldn't be so hard if there weren't so many words and stuff. <laughs> All those pesky words, and people want them to be good words. Uh, So I honestly have to be in the mood uh, to write a book. And even in the process of writing a book, when I'm in the middle of it, Michael, there'll be days when I get up and after 10 minutes, I go, it ain't going to happen today. It's just (laughs) not there. There'll be other days when I'll wake up at four in the morning and I'll go till (laughs) eight o'clock that night and barely take a breath because it's just there and it's just coming out of me.
0: I know writers... That look at doing a quota—ten pages a day, four yeah. pages a day, uh, time. Some have a quota of time—two yep. uh, hours every morning, uh, four hours every Sunday. Do you have a? Do you have a system?
1: No. Uh, I, I, I when I, when I'm in writing mode, uh, I'll get up and sit down at the computer every day. But I'm pretty good or bad, depending on how you look at it, about saying it's, it's not in me today. And there are some writers that would say it doesn't matter. You need to write whether it's any good or not. You can go back and throw it away, but you need to write. I just That's not the approach I take. The approach I take is if, if I'm feeling it, then I do it, and it, it usually turns out pretty well. But if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to write just for the sake of, of doing it. I'll do something else. Uh, and wait until the spirit moves me.
0: What other types of overlap is there between speaking and writing? Certainly, uh, when you write, you're able to generate content. That content yep. can then be shared in a talk. Does it work the other way for you that yep. you're talking and you're riffing on something that you've never written about, and now you've got a chapter of a book or a, a piece of a book?
1: Yeah, I, I was hired. This was maybe, it's been three years ago, by a big, 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 Fortune 500 company, and they they wanted me to do a session. It, it was it was more workshoppy than it was speech, mm-hmm. but they really wanted me to do something kind of specific, and I resisted it, and then finally said, okay, okay, and so I had to write this new workshop for them. I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't like it, but I wrote it, and I kind of got into it, and it turned out really well. And then I did it again as a live piece, a, a speech workshop thing, and then it ultimately became magnetic, which was my oh. ne, not my most recent book, but the one before that. And so I, it, the funny part is, I was resistant to it. Yeah, I didn't want to do it, but I did it, and then that that bug bit me, and it ended up. And now it's a it's, it's stuff that I do. Uh, in speeches a lot and it it became a a pretty good book for me
0: I've had the same experience I'm working on something that doesn't appeal to me initially but there's something about and this is really what writing is about not so much speaking I think is that with writing we're always we're always turning it upside down or looking at it this way or you know uh, putting it aside coming back to it speeches are more they're like a broadcast that dissipate as soon as they're out they're done right unless you record it and for posterity but that's one of the things I liked about the writing process is it's much more much more uh, investigatory you know it's yeah. much more I think I think I think my writing gets a lot more attention than my speaking be, for some reason maybe because it's permanent in print you feel the same that writing's more permanent more serious
1: yeah it, 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 I love the spontaneity of speaking because I'm pretty loose as a speaker. I mean, obviously, I know what I'm going to talk about. I've got the outline. I've got the speech. But I do a lot of interaction with the audience. I mean, a lot. And so sometimes the best moments in a speech that I do will be in an exchange with the audience. And it'll be just completely spontaneous. So I love that aspect of it. The the, thi- the thing I love about writing, though, is that y- you can really really engage with the ideas in a, in a, in a more, in a way, in a more substantive manner. Mm. Uh, And, and certainly, yeah, once you put it out there, it's going to stay there. So, uh, you tend to give more thought, I think, on some levels to the writing because it's, as you said, it's so permanent.
0: I'm speaking with Joe Calloway, everybody. He's an author, a speaker. He's, newest book is called keep it simple we're going to talk about that right now if that's okay with you sure and and i'm sorry i don't have my copy yet you have one that we can show everybody so they can look for it online and in the store keep it simple joe you said that you told me this is a a small book or a little book what did you mean by that
1: yeah it's it's funny i i've done all my other books with, with the same publisher with wiley out of new york and a different publisher approached me and this is the format that they do you can see it's the compared to the size of my hand, it's a fairly small square book. All of their books, all of their books look like this. Oh, interesting. If you, if you go in a FedEx office and look at their book rack, yeah. you'll see some of this publisher's books on the rack. Which, what is mostly, the publisher of this book? The, it's called Simple Truths. And the publisher? That's the publisher. Oh, the okay. name of the book is Keep It Simple. Coincidentally... The publisher is Simple Truths. Very good. Well, it's and, their,
0: their brand, right? This uh, this exact template of a book.
1: Yeah, and they sell their main sales, they sell direct to companies who will buy hundreds or sometimes thousands of copies for their customers or for their employees. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of a gift book format. I remember but that. But they approached the me. Uh, They approached me and asked me if I was interested. My other publisher was fine with it. They had no problem with me doing this kind of special project. And uh, the the topic about simplicity is actually something that I do in speeches with a lot of my corporate leadership groups that I work with.
0: What is your, uh, a little sidebar here, what is your attraction to Miles Davis? I see him on the dais behind you.
1: Oh, yeah. I like jazz and uh, Miles. To me, Miles is the most, Miles is challenging. Uh, I think Miles is an acquired taste, which I kind of like. There's been Miles Davis records that I've heard, and I thought, ah, I don't know. But then I'll listen to it again and again, and then I'm hooked. And so, uh, plus, I'm just fascinated by Miles Davis, the person. Oh, me too. The movie that came out about Miles Davis recently is a great movie.
0: Yeah, the movie with Don Cheadle. John and I Cheadle, read Miles' autobiography, who I I think there was somebody else that had a hand in it. Let's yes, go, I read it. Let's go back to speaking now, because you can you can actually speak to this if you've read the autobiography, you've seen videos of Miles. Miles was an original. Yeah. And he was not an easy person to communicate with, musically right. or verbally. And um and so a lot of speakers want to have their original stamp on their presentation. Everybody wants their niche, they want to be known for something. But my feeling is so many speakers are kind of the same as other speakers. I was joking with somebody the other day about how everybody copies everybody. Some of, a lot of speakers tell the same story and they try to even pass it off as their own. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing actually. Miles is completely original. Our friend Larry Wingett, completely original. At what point, does a speaker or or an author uh, uh, differentiate himself so much from the rest of the pack that it becomes a liability where, where differentiation becomes weird.
1: Yeah. Well, here's, here's the problem. There's a school of thought that says the main thing you want to be is different. That's your goal. Okay. Put on a red nose and a funny hat and, um, and make up, words in in an original language. That'll make you different. Don't think it'll get you any business. My my approach is, it's a value quality approach that says the best way to be different is to be better. Listen, I'm a business speaker. There are a thousand other speakers that do what I do, but none of them do it in quite the same way that I do. Same could be said for Mark Sanborn. of course, I know you're friends with Mark and you, you've done a show with Mark. Mark and I go up for the same jobs uh, along with other friends of ours. We are all business speakers. But believe me, Mark's material is pure Mark. It's his. Uh, Scott McCain's material, Randy Penny's, they do their material. They bring their perspective and their knowledge and and their wisdom and opinions mm-hmm. to their material, and I do the same. Uh, Larry Winget, as you quite rightly pointed out, there's there's one Larry Winget. Some some people would say, "Thank God." Yeah, yeah. La- Larry, <laughs> you don't want a lot of Larry Wingets, but Larry has has built an extraordinary career on. Uh, on being the one and only Larry Wingate. Uh, I've built a pretty good career on being a generalist uh, that brings some original thought to, to, you know, my business perspectives. The thing I love about this business is there's no one way to do it. There's a thousand ways to do it and, and all of them can work, but a whole lot of them don't work. <laughs> oh, you bet. It's, tough. it's a tough business. Joel, let's wrap up with
0: some advice for people who are in the business, people who are speaking or writing. Yeah. You, uh, you're proud of uh, your focus, your discipline uh, of focus. Your new book is yeah. called Keep It Simple. Uh, there are so many ways that people can spend time and differentiate and so many rabbit holes to go down. Social media platforms just keep on coming. Should I be a video guy? Should I have a podcast? Should I focus on live or, or books? What is your advice to people that have all of these options about how they can market themselves, how they can create an original
1: brand? A couple of things. Number one, there are people that do a dozen different things and do it incredibly well. Uh, they've got videos online, podcasts, they give speeches, they write books mm-hmm. and they do it at all. Well, um, I would say th- don't try and do that right off the bat. You, you know, the old saying, pick a lane, pick a lane and then get really, really good. The the biggest mistake that I see speakers make is they say, I don't have any business. And I'll say, well, let's talk about working on your speech. And they say, no, nope, no, nope, my speech is great. I just don't have any business. Yeah. Dude, if your speech is great, you're going to have business because word of mouth will drive it to you. Yeah, the The starting point is the quality of the work. Always, always, always. And that's that's the best advice I can give. And I give it to myself. I'm constantly working to make my work better, to make the value better, uh, because that, that's ultimately where all the business comes from.
0: Well, it certainly shows. You're a professional. I am so impressed with you. I, I hope we get a chance to meet someday. I do too. We'll be looking for you on the speaking circuit. Thank you so much for being with me today. More information about Joe at joecalloway.com, everybody. Thank you, Joe.
1: Thanks, Michael.